What up, world? It's your past first point guard and trailblazers reporter, Mike Richmond. Listen to another episode of Locked on Blazers, part of the Locked on Podcast Network, available wherever you get podcasts and also on YouTube. Thanks for making the show your first listen every day, five days a week, 300 platforms coming at you every single weekday, the only daily Trailblazers podcast. So why don't you start your day with Locked on Blazers, make it a part of your daily routine. It's Locked on Blazers, your team every day. Today's show, we're talking about a Blazers win. They hold, they come back and then hold off the Spurs in the closing seconds to win 117-110. Uh, I want to talk about this game. We'll, we'll do what we do with the fastest recap in the West. I want to talk about the importance of winning ugly. Uh, the Blazers did not play well in this game, and they got a win, and I think, I think there's something to be celebrated there. And then uh, a listener asked a question about the magical 20-game mark, what everyone across the league says, that's when things count. And the Blazers now 14 games in with six left before we get to that 14 game mark what does i want to look back at historical 20 game marks and what it has has tended or what it has portended for blazer teams of the past and we as we look ahead to the next six games on the blazers schedule but first as promised let's do what we do the fastest recap in the west Blazers led this game 30-29 after one. Shaden Sharp had 10 points in the in the first quarter. Shaden Sharp comes off the bench, and just he's just so smooth and so fun. Jeremy Grant added nine Blazers up by one. Uh, Portland, after falling behind in that second quarter and looking rough, one of the worst second quarter teams in the league so far this season, Portland... Pulls back and t- leads by six at the break. The Spurs aren't very good, and the Blazers made sure that they had a little comfortable lead, although they weren't playing much defense at all. 62-56 at the break, and Portland holds on to a 93-89 lead after three quarters. Again, no no big separation, no big run. The Blazers had not played well. Um, neither team really could stop the other one from scoring through the first three quarters. But Portland struggled to open the fourth. Like, uh, they they were bad, and they all of a sudden found themselves down 106-100 with 6 minutes and 50, sec- 50 seconds remaining. There's a stoppage. They go to the break, down 6. They've won a lot of close games this year. They're better than the Spurs, who lost by 37 points last night in San Francisco. Can they find a way? Yeah. Yes, they can find a way. The Blazers close the game on a 17-4 run and win this one going away 1-17-1-10. Portland led by Jeremy Grant, 29 points. Uh, Amphrey Simons had 23. Jeremy Grant hit another six three-pointers in this game. He's He's been really good. Amphrey Simons, after a slow start, shook it off and made his shots when they when they made his shots late in this one. After starting the game 0 for 5, he finished uh, 7 of 16 from the floor and hit 5 of 10 threes. He had 23 points. Damian Lord, who I did not think played particularly well in this game, 22 points and 11 assists. Shaden Sharp, 13, all in the first half off the bench. Uh, just a moment on Sharp, like... <laughs> He doesn't, he is so unfazed. Um, you know, he's hitting jumpers. He hit, he hit a couple pull-ups in this game, uh, shooting off the dribble. Um, some three-pointers, two three-pointers on broken plays, just cash. He's finding himself wide open, smooth-looking stroke, had a layup inside where he jumps, makes contact with someone in the air, and shoots on the way down because he just stays up so long. Um, I, I don't even think this was like a remarkable Shaden Sharp night, but every time he plays, he's really impressive, and he was really fun. Um 
Yusuf Nurkic returned in this game. Uh, Justice Winslow did not play. Winslow and Keon Johnson did not play. Yusuf Nurkic returned and started, so the Blazers got back to the regular starting lineup. That starting lineup wasn't particularly good in each half. Just a pretty tough Yusuf Nurkic night. He finished with 9 points in 15 minutes, and the Blazers were outscored by 21 points in his 15 minutes on the court. It's a minus 21 in the game. The Blazers... uh, (laughs) Ended up winning by seven. Nurk was bad in this game. Uh, and his replacement, his backup, Drew Eubanks, is really good. More on him in a moment. On the Spurs side, 21 for Devin Vassell. A career-high 31 and 14 rebounds. Career-high 31 points for uh, Jakob Pertl. He got whatever he wanted. He finished 14 of 17 from the floor. And two of his misses were point-blank bricks. Um, he 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 missed a shot at the rim. And he missed it, uh, just that he unguarded, missed another shot of the rim where Damian Lillard probably shoved him in the back. But hey, what are you going to do? They didn't call it, not a foul. Uh, Jakob Pertl got whatever he wanted. He just couldn't, they couldn't get him the ball down the stretch. We'll talk about that uh, more in a moment. He was great. Uh, 20 points for Kelton Johnson. He was not very good down the stretch, but it was pretty good early in the Spurs. Stayed in this game. Uh, I mentioned that neither team could stop, I like, either team. In the first, heading into the fourth quarter, the Blazers were shooting 50 uh, excuse me, 54% from the floor. The Spurs were shooting 55% from the floor. The The Blazers were up. The Blazers had made 12 three-pointers and were 12 of 23. That's north of 50% for those of you scoring at home on threes. And they were only up four. They just could not stop the Spurs who were shooting 55%. They were shooting nearly 40% from three. Um, Portland, Portland's defense did not show up until the final six minutes. And that final six-minute run, the, the last half of the quarter was, was really spurred by Drew Eubanks. Uh, three minutes into the in the fourth quarter, Chauncey Billups yanks the the bench. Nazir Little, Yusuf Nurkic, Shaden Sharp, get out of there. Let's put the closing lineup in there. The closing lineup tonight was Josh Hart, was Jeremy Grant, Anthony Simons, and Damian Lord. And in, in the middle was Drew Eubanks. And with Eubanks on the floor, they played a little bit of zone. They switched a bunch and allowed Eubanks to guard on the perimeter. They were not afraid at all. Eubanks didn't have this monster night, right? Like it wasn't like it wasn't like Eubanks had this like crazy game. He, he finished with nine points and seven boards, and even in the fourth quarter, he had five and two rebounds, and one of them was a fun tap out. But like he was just so impressive. So we're gonna go to our correspondent on impressive performances real quick. Shania, what did you think of that game? That don't impress me much. Okay, Shania's lying as classic, classically lying. And Drew Eubanks was really, really, really good. His energy changed this game. He had a bucket inside. Uh, the Blazers took the lead late on an and one from Drew, 107-106. Took the lead for good. Drew Eubanks gets the ball inside, triple pump fakes on Jakob Pertl, goes up when Pertl reaches his hand in the cookie jar. Eubanks goes up and through his hand, takes the foul, get, hits the bucket, and one, makes the free throw. The Blazers take the lead, 107-106, for good. Uh and this was the real, this was the sequence of the game. This was sequence of the game. Drew Eubanks hits an and one. He's screaming. He's flexing. I'm talking about the shack of Troutdale. Um, a listener told me that he's the, uh, the new nickname for the, for, uh, Drew Eubanks is the guardian of the gorge, which is like too good of a nickname. Shaq of Troutdale is bad. I'm the guy who plays the Shania Twain drop. I like stupid stuff. Uh, Shaq of Troutdale puts the Blazers up one, uh, Spurs come down. They find Devin Vassell on the post on the right-hand side. He tries to just go right over the top of Damian Lord, and Damian Lord blocks him at the at at his apex. So like met him at the top, met him at the summit, and blocked him. Uh, ball, ball's loose. He, Dame grabs it. Vassell falls on top of him. It's a foul. 
They're going to go the other way. Damon Lord gets up, flexes, screams, yells at the crowd. He's hyped. This is as hyped as we've seen Dame all game. He just hasn't, but he didn't play with a lot of juice in those first three quarters. Uh, but Damon is hyped, comes down, hits a three, blazers up four, helps seal this game. They did not look back, did not trail after Drew Eubanks' and one, but Eubanks is and one. His energy fuels fuels what they're doing. Like they're just like, okay, Drew's playing his butt off. He's really helping us defend. He's helping us get stops. He's getting an stops. Excuse me. He's helping us get you know get stops. He's scoring on the other end with and ones. Dame's into it. He makes a block. He's hyped up, and then he comes down and feeds off his own emotion and hits a three. And all of a sudden, the Blazers are up four, and they wouldn't it, they would not trail again in this game. The Spurs scored two points, two points, count them, two points in the final six minutes and 50 seconds. Excuse me, <laughs> two baskets. I'm yelling. The Blazers closed the game on a 17-4 to run. They scored four points, four points, four points. Uh, and when you repeat something wrong a couple times, it really loses its emphasis. Four points. They had two baskets in the final six minutes and 50 seconds. And one of them was a goaltend call that I just don't understand what the call was. Chauncey Phillips already used this challenge. But, uh, like, it, it just wasn't a goaltend from what I saw. It was just a straight-up terrible call. Uh, but they they missed it. So the Spurs saw the ball go in one time in the final six minutes and 50 seconds. The other one was a goaltend that was like a phantom goaltend. The Blazers ratcheted up their defense. Drew Eubanks' energy changed the game. His his He came into the, to the game with nine minutes and nine seconds left when, when Chauncey Billups says, this game's falling apart. It was tied at 98 at that point. This game's falling apart. I need my dudes in there. Well, his dudes didn't weren't great. They found themselves, you know, even his preferred lineup over the next two minutes would find themselves down six uh, on two separate occasions. Like they were, didn't have it going. Another stoppage drew Eubanks' energy and that, and it just, it changed the game. He was fantastic. He was so, so, so good. Um, and, and it was just the way he played, like he was the, so many times it's just like when you're in these games, you just need someone to kind of be a tone setter. Drew Eubanks was a tone setter. The Blazers brought it home. Josh Hart had a huge steal at the end of the game. Uh, Amphrey Simon scored seven points in those final six minutes and 50 seconds, uh, nearly doubling up the Spurs on his own. You know, this was, this was a game where the Blazers did not play well until they did. And, 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 as stupid and simple as that is, like that was the difference in this game is that they played great in those final six minutes. This was an ugly win. And I want to talk about in the second segment, the beauty in an ugly win. Um, I think the Blazers didn't play well. And I think that I think it is reason to celebrate them playing poorly and finding a way to pull this out with a convincing close to the game. Let's, let's talk about the beauty and the ugliness in the second segment. But first, I want to tell you that this show is brought to you by Turo. Turo is the world's largest car sharing marketplace. With Turo, you can book any car you want, wherever you want it, from a community of local hosts. Browse a huge selection of vehicles for just about any occasion or budget across the U.S., the United Kingdom, Canada, and coming soon to Australia for all you listeners out there who love Josh Lloyd. You can book a spacious SUV or a minivan for, for a family trip or get a classic or a luxury car for a special event, birthday, or a holiday. You can find affordable economy cars if you're on a budget just and you just need to get from A to B. Plus, you can even test drive that new electric vehicle you've had your eye on see how it fits your everyday life many hero turo hosts rather can even deliver the car right to you every trip is backed by liability insurance terms and conditions terms conditions and exclusions apply forget those boring rental cars find your drive at turo.com 
BuiltBar.com. Today's show is also brought to you by Built Bar. It's the best tasting protein bar on the market. That's what they're doing. They're making delicious protein bars. Today, I had to leave my day job where I work in front of a computer and go to the arena to watch a Blazers basketball game that I was excited about. But because of kind of the transition between those two things, I wasn't going to have time to get the fuel I needed to get going. But luckily, I got a cookies and cream stash of cookies and cream uh, protein bars, built bars rather right in my desk at home. So what I do, grabs a built bar. 17 grams of protein, just 130 calories, and just four grams of sugar and four net carbs. I roll out the door. I eat that bad boy on my way to the arena. And by the time I'm standing there in Chauncey Billups' media availability, I am already feeling the effects of loading up on something that isn't just filled with sugar. Packs a punch. Macros you can use, baby. So why don't you go get yourself some? Go to built.com and use a promo code locked on 15. That's locked on 15 for 15% off at built.com. All right. Listen, the Blazers won an ugly basketball game. They couldn't stop the Spurs in this game. They couldn't stop the Spurs. Some of this is that they um, schematically had trouble when they weren't playing zone and they weren't switching everything, which is guarding pick and rolls with Yaka Pertl. He was just slicing and dicing. Part of it was that they just didn't play with enough emotion and energy. Uh, both, like, th- there is a requisite effort to be good on defense. The Blazers didn't bring that. And they had some bad X's and O stuff early in this game. Uh, the Spurs made it tough on them. The Spurs coming off, the Spurs are bad. Uh, and they want to be bad. They're bad on purpose. Uh, but, like, they lost by 37 last night against the Golden State Warriors in San Francisco. They come in here, second night of a back-to-back. The Blazers have had two games off, two nights off. Like they have a rest advantage against a bad basketball team. Spurs are six and eight. They won a couple games early in the season, a couple good games early in the season, but they've been struggling since then. Um, and the Blazers are just getting carved up. Three separate occasions, Jakobertel drove from the top of the key past Yusuf Nurkic to the rim and scored on a right-handed layup. Gets to his strong hand, never turns, easy layup, just like easy, easy, sloppy stuff like that, right? Like they just didn't, they weren't, they weren't playing well. Um, Like I said, through three quarters, the Spurs were shooting 54% from the floor and 40% from three. The Blazers could not keep them away from the rim. And the only reason they weren't losing after three quarters is because they'd made three, they were plus three at the three-point line, plus nine overall three-point line, like They'd made three more three-pointers. That that was at, at that point, that was basically the difference in the game. A few more free throws and some more th- and some more threes. Like Portland just they were winning this game because their offense was a little bit better. But that third quarter was a nightmare for the Blazers. They threw the ball all over the place. Eight turnovers. Eight turnovers in the third quarter alone. They had six at halftime and 14 assists. They had a, a they had a single assist and eight turnovers in that quarter. They just couldn't get anything going. Damian Lord had two turnovers. Uh Josh Hart had two turnovers. Jeremy Grant had two turnovers. Drew Eubanks had a turnover in which he threw a pass to Josh Hart that was one Josh Hart distance away from him. It was like six and a half feet off the mark. Uh, Nazir Little had that eighth turnover where he was driving and was like, okay, I'll just pitch it behind me to someone. You know who was there was the referee. He threw it to the dang ref. Uh, the ball goes out of bounds. Johnson Phillips said they made, they gave away a couple souvenirs. Uh, they, Josh Hart, one of Josh Hart's passes was from half court trying to be a hit ahead pass. It, it was 17 feet in the air. Like it just never came down and flew in several rows. I believe it plunked someone on the head in the second row and the dude didn't react. Uh, if anyone got a cut of that, it was like incredible. Um, it, it, 
they were just tossing the ball over the place. They were playing terrible, and yet they were still kind of winning because the Spurs couldn't stop them. They were not kind of winning. They were winning by four heading into the th- fourth quarter. Uh, I can be precise on that. Uh, like they're winning in the heading in the fourth quarter just because the Spurs couldn't stop the Blazers on the other end. The Blazers just given you know giving possess giving free possessions away, but if they don't give those possessions away, they're just in a shootout because the defense wasn't there. Three minutes in the fourth quarter, the bench is in the game. Um, this is just a bad Nurk night, but the bench is in the game with Nurk in there. And, and Chauncey Billups says, we're going to lose if I if we stay in this direction. Like, if I wait till the seven-minute mark, which is typically about how wait, long he waits to bring Dame back. Like, this, we're going to lose this game. Um, you know, Dame ended up playing 39 minutes, Jeremy Grant 37 minutes. Like, Chauncey Billups played his guys too many minutes because they were going to lose this game if they did not. Uh, like... For sure, they were going to give boot this game away, and even then, like I mentioned, they get those they get the guys back on the court, and then they 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 turn the game in the final six and a half minutes. That was you know two more minutes when the Portland was gave up six more points, still couldn't get stops. You know, Jakaperl gets a, a tip in, they miss a layup, and and nobody blocks him out because two guys went for the block, including Eubanks. Um, Pertle gets an easy tip in. They go up six with six and a half minutes or six minutes and 50 seconds left. It's like, oh yeah, ball game. Like the Blazers are going to lose. A couple things happened. One, the Blazers played a lot more zone in the final uh, few minutes. Chauncey, I asked him after the game and he seemed to indicate that they only played zone in the fourth quarter. And to my eyes, no, that is not true. They played a bunch of their, what what I believe is 55, the call is 55, which is switching man defense as opposed to five where they where they drop on, uh, in coverage. 55 is where they straight up switch. The switching took away what the Spurs, a lot of the Spurs driving lanes kept them out of the, out of the paint. They'd been really good in the paint. Spurs closest game, two of 11 in the final six and a half minutes and 0 of six from three. Force him to take, force him to take jumpers. Keep him out of the paint. Keep the, the pick and roll stuff. Keep Jakob Pertle out of there. Like keep him, keep him away from the rim. It was an ugly game that they won in the final minutes. During the course of an NBA season, the best indicator for a good team is point differential. Uh, it doesn't always lead to like you know best point differentials don't like win the championship. Like see the Phoenix Suns last year. But like typically the good teams, the teams that have like a slice of championship equity, are the teams with you know the five, four or five best teams with the best point differential. Typically teams that run off and hide and, and win a championship because they're just better than everyone else, they did it during 82 games. It's a meritocracy. Like they just, they roll teams during the regular season and point differential matters. And I think over the course of a long season, the Blazers, uh, you know, playing close games against teams they should handle is probably a bad indicator for like them winning the title. But take it on its own. This game, a Tuesday in November against a 6-8 and eight Spurs team playing a bunch of young people and like playing rookie Jeremy Sohan, who's like a power forward as their backup point guard. An interesting player, but like a a team that is playing youth and trying stuff out and getting Isaiah Roby and Charles Bassey a whole bunch of minutes. Like a, a team committed to a youth movement, winning this game in any way is significant and really important for the Trailblazers because you know what they need to do? They need to take care of business against bad teams. Taken, like I'm saying, taken holistically, Blowing teams out is the best indicator of of being good. But in this moment, in this game, like very specifically, taken in this, taken as as the smallest sliver of the pie chart as you can, it is a great win. A great win. Because they played like crap. They looked bad. And they looked like they were gonna throw the game away in that third quarter, and they didn't. They looked like they were just gonna give this game away and like 
oh, hey, you know, we just we just don't have it tonight. You know, Damon Lillard doesn't hit a three-pointer uh, in, until there's three minutes left in the third quarter. Dame struggled in this game, two of nine and eight of 20 from the floor, two of nine from three. Uh, Jeremy Grant, who was fantastic in the first three quarters, was kind of quiet in the fourth, and they win this game in the back of some Drew Eubanks hustle, Amity Simons making shots when they needed to, and a couple big late plays from Damian Lillard. Winning, taking care of business against a bad team in November is a great win. There is beauty in how ugly this was because you, in bigger sample sizes, your your net rating, your, uh, you know, your point differential, your, your net differential matters. In this moment, for seven minutes, Finding a way to win a game when you play poorly is was the most important thing. This was a, a beautiful, ugly win for the Blazers. Perfectly encapsulated by Drew Eubanks, whose game isn't always pretty, but he brings it. Prior to the game, Chauncey Billups said, and I want to quote him here, he said, he's got some nasty in him that I love. And that's what Drew Eubanks brought to this team in the final seven minutes. They found a way to just be a little bit nasty and, and win a gross game. Props to them for finding a way to win a gross one. There is real reason to celebrate getting an ugly win. Just go get them. Don't apologize. You don't have to give them back. The Blazers found a way to do it. It's wonderful. Wonderful. And they wear their fun little PDX airport jerseys too while they did it. All right. To close the show, I want to talk about the 20-game mark. That is like the unofficial, official, okay, now the sample size is big enough to take teams seriously. The Blazers are 10-4 and four through 14 games. They've got six left, including a four-game road trip ahead before they get to the 20-game mark. I want to look back at how they fared in the first 20 games in all of the Dame era and talk about what, sort of what, why it matters and how they can get to the, the big numbers you want to be at. But... Before we do that, I want to tell you about Bet Online. It's the fastest and easiest way to bet on all of your sports action. No matter what that action is, you're going to find it at betonline.net. If you want to bet on the Blazers, you could down six with six minutes and 50 seconds left. You could have gone to Bet Online and live bet the Blazers to win. At the time, the odds were plus 250. You could have won some money saying, they're going to come back and do this. You could have won some money on bet online. If you don't want to do that, you can bet on any other sports you're looking for. You're going to find all of it, plus news, analysis, podcasts, everything you need to know to be a smarter, better. So go check it out. Bet online. That's where the game starts. Still a pass first point guard. I'm still Mike Richmond, and you are still listening to Locked on Blazers. Let's talk about the 20-game mark. Listener Tim, longtime listener Tim, longtime emailer Tim, if you want to ask me a question, LockedOnBlazersPod at gmail.com is a good way to do it. Sometimes I use them for mailbag episodes, and sometimes I just use them for a whole segment on the show. Tim, that's what we're doing here. Tim was curious about the 20-game mark and how the Blazers have fared in past 20-game marks and how they can get to the... You know, what What mark do they need to get to to sort of indicate that this team is for real? That He didn't say that. I, did, I put those are my own quotes. Um, so I looked back at the past 20-game marks during the Damian Lillard era, follow from the t- 2012 onward. They have had four seasons where they have finished 12-8 and eight or better. In those seasons, 
13-14, that's the 0-9.9 uh, season. They beat the Houston Rockets and made the second round of the playoffs. 2014, they were 17-3 and in the 13-14 season after, after 20 games. That team was very good. They finished 54-28. and That was a very good basketball team. They made the second round of the playoffs. They lost to the Spurs, the eventual world champions in, four, in, uh, in five games. Uh, in 2014-15, the following year, also a very good basketball team. They were 16-4 and after 20 games. They finished 51-31, and and this team would have been better than that. Uh, I think this is the closest the Damon Lillard team has ever come to winning a championship. Sure, they lost in the first round to the Grizzlies. They didn't even get out of the first round of the playoffs. But this team, before Wesley Matthews tore his Achilles, was one of the teams that could win a title. They were championship-level good. I, I, they were top 10 in offense, top 10 in defense. This was a championship-level team with a starting lineup that made perfect sense and had an injury in March that changed their season. Uh, ended up probably changing the whole course and direction of the franchise because the Marcus Aldridge left that summer. They were 16-4 and after 20 games. 8-12, and 10-10. And the next two seasons, uh, when 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 they uh, they were eight and twelve and fifteen sixteen, and they made it to the, they made it to uh, the second round. That was the that was Lamarcus left, and they ended up winning 54, 44 games, and then beating the Clippers in round one, making it to the second round of the playoffs, where they lost to the Golden State Warriors. The following season, ten and ten, they squeaked into the eighth seed and were swe- summarily swept out of the playoffs. They come back the following year, the seventeen eighteen season. They go twelve and eight. In their first 20 games, they win 49 games that year. They get the third seed in the Western Conference, and they got freaking booted out of the playoffs in four games by the Pelicans. But they were really good that year. Like that was they were that was a good basketball team. Uh, they just sucked in the playoffs, and they had a bad matchup, and they couldn't hang. Um, and they probably shouldn't have. They should, probably should have blown it up that summer, but they didn't. They came back in the 18-19 season. They went 12 and eight again. They won 53 games and made the Western Conference Finals. Since then, they've gone 8 and 12, 11 and 9, 10 and 10. When they have won at least 12 of their first 20 games, they've been good. That's 13 14, that team that was could have won the championship. 14 15, a team that, uh, or excuse me, 13 14, a team that made the second round. 14 15, a team that could have won a championship. 17 18, third in the West, just lost like dogs in the playoffs. And 12 and 8, made the Western Conference Finals. Uh, 18 19, 12 and 8, and they made the Western Conference Finals. It's four, during the Damian Lord era, they have won at least 12 of their first 20 games on f- four separate occasions. All of those years, they have been legitimately a very good team. The 20-game mark isn't like, it isn't the end-all be-all, right? Like, it, 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 you, can, you can figure it out after the 20-game mark. But typically, in the Dame era, when they have been good, at least 12 of their first 20, winning for 12 of their first 20. They have been a team that is a force to be reckoned with. They are 10-4 and four right now. Let's look at their next, next six games. On Thursday, they play a Brooklyn Nets team that is out of sorts, certainly capable of winning. A, they have Kevin Durant, and they have a, you know some guys who can make three-pointers every so often, but they got throttled by the Kings tonight. That's a winnable game. They play the Utah Jazz after that at home. Uh, they play every other game. They play every other day until um, f- for basically two weeks. Um, they, they so they play on Thursday. They play the Brooklyn Nets. Then on Saturday they play the Utah Jazz at home. Wrap up a home stand. Both of those are winnable games. Then they go on the road at Milwaukee, at Cleveland, at at New York. That's the Friday after Thanksgiving, and then that's the Knicks, and then at Brooklyn the following Sunday. 
four game road trip. Let's say that they, so if, if 12 and eight is the magic number they need to get to, they need to go two and four over their next six games. I think they're going to do better than that. Um, I think both of the home games are imminently winnable. The Jazz have been really good this year. Uh, they lost tonight at home, but they've been really good this year. They have you know, they don't have a ton of top end talent, but they have like 10 quality NBA players. They win games with depth. Totally a beatable team, though. Totally a beatable team. The Blazers absolutely are, are, are capable of being better than the Jazz. The Blazers probably just are straight up better than the Brooklyn Nets. You take care of your two home games. You go for you, you and you will be 12 and four through 16. Then you got to just even if you win one, you're looking at one of the three best starts in the last decade over the first 20 games. That's it. They go three and three. It's one of their best starts in the Dame era. It's one, it will be a top three start in the Dame era. They don't have a chance to go 16, uh, 17 and three. They're not going to touch that 13, 14 team that won 54 games. But, you know, I, th- I think 16 and four is pretty unlikely, but certainly 15 and five is within the realm. <laughs> like 14 and six, to- totally doable. A 14 and six start is really good. That is the sign of a really good team. The reason why 20 is the cutoff is because it's typically the sign of a really good basketball team. At Milwaukee seems like a really tough game to win, depending on Milwaukee's health. They've had some, they've had a bunch of guys out. And when they've had guys out, they haven't been as nearly as good. But at Milwaukee, you assume that, um, you assume that they're relatively healthy and Giannis plays. They're going to be tough to deal with at Cleveland. Uh, they were bad on the road, but they've been really good at home. Um, Cavs are for real. I think they're, they're, a, they're a very good basketball team. Those are two really tough games at the Knicks and at Brooklyn are two winnable games. You split on the road, any flavor of a split on the road, <laughs> any flavor of a split on the road, you're 16 and four. If you assume you win your two home games, you are, you are something, you are just, you are right you are right there. You are, you, you, you really, really have an opportunity. Um, excuse me, 14 and six, not 16 and four. You're 14 and six, um, it, or 13 and seven. If, if they split the home games too, if they just straight up split them 13 and seven, a great start. If they, if they win the two home games and the split on the road, they're looking at 14, 14 and six, or excuse me. I'm yeah. 14 and six. I'm having trouble with numbers late in the podcast. Y'all 13 and seven or 14 and six are the two numbers I have. I have written down on my sheet. I keep looking at them and reading them wrong. I think what this means is this team is for real. I've said it a bunch on this podcast, but the 20 game mark is kind of the official like, okay, the sample size is big enough. I'm ready to call. I've been ready to call it for a week. This team is for real. And if they're set up to be in a really good spot against, you know, Brooklyn and Utah and winnable games, if they could win those games in New York and, and find a way to steal one, they found ways to steal one. They, all year long, they've gone into games where I'm like, they could probably, eh, it's probably a loss. Like, you know, they've been good. It's probably a loss. They haven't had one of those. They sit atop the Western Conference. I sat here on this podcast where I recorded yesterday with Jason Quick, and I said, Blazers just haven't had a stinker yet. They just haven't had a stinker. I thought tonight against San Antonio was a stinker. You know what they did? The final seven minutes, they found a way to win. This is what this team does. They are resilient and gritty, um, just good enough on defense to always find themselves in games. They've got enough shooting from when they have their top top lineup in there because Jeremy Grant's been so freaking good. Um they can win any game. They can win any game. They can win any game. 14 and 6 is on the table. 15 and 5 is maybe on the table if they really run one off. But like this this team can this team can go 4 and 2 over their next 6 games. I have no doubt about it. If they don't, even if they split them and end up at 13 and 7, that's a great start. 
And over the last 10 years, with Damian Lillard on the roster, when they have won at least 12 of their first 20, they have been a for-real-deal Holyfield home-court advantage team in the playoffs. What more could you want from your, from this team? If at the beginning of the year, I told you they're going to have home-court advantage in the playoffs and they'll have a chance to you know host a playoff series in the super-duper crowded West. You would immediately take it. They put themselves in a great position. You win ugly, you put yourselves in a great position. They got some more work to do, and they're totally capable of doing it. Thanks for listening to the show. Tell your friends about it. That's the best That's the best way to spread the word about the show. Say, hey, I like listening to Lockdown Blazers. It's available on all podcast platforms or also on YouTube. I think you'll like, to, you'll like it too. Tell a friend. Make it your first listen every single day. Come back for more. How about you make your second listen Locked On Sports Today, the 22-minute program covering the major sport stories across all of the all of the biggest leagues in North America. So check it out. It's also available on all platforms and YouTube as well. I appreciate you listening. I'll talk to you soon.